This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Both fundamentally on the field, executing baseball plays, um, and also thinking ahead and, and, and mentally being uh, ahead of the game and, and making good decisions out there on the field. Uh, today was not a, not a good day for that for us, so we're going to use it as a uh, a day to learn from from our mistakes, and we had uh, more than one. Baseball plays, making baseball plays. Is that really what he just said? Did he just say we had a hard time making baseball plays against the Detroit Tigers? Baseball plays? Baseball plays. So what went wrong? I would say all the baseball plays. <laughs> it's really tough. About three hours there of just uh, having a hard time making baseball plays. Welcome to the show, everybody. Happy Mackie Monday. and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment, and we want titles. And the Twins are far away from titles, and so we have things to say in statements well, here. Should we should we just get started? I, I feel like like Judd's ready to pop here, and maybe Dex, you and I can just clear out. Yeah, just just let Judd Mount have his space here. Mount Zolgad, Mount Zolgad from SLP has made his trek into St. Paul today to to erupt over the Twins. Yeah. All right, these are uh, <clears throat> statements from us from the weekend. Uh, let's get right to it. Let's like rip the band-aid right off. It's Monday, why not, right? <laughs> There's no sugarcoating this crap. And in fact, by the way, we are doing oh, wait, 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 who's trying who's trying to sugarcoat it? I don't know what's your time. We are doing about. you a service. All right. <clears throat> My first statement on this Monday. Are you bleeping serious? And you know what's great about that statement? It covers a wide array (laughs) of everything Minnesota Twins. It covers the product on the field. Are you bleeping serious? It covers something I'm sure we'll get to, which is the television media partner of the Twins. But most importantly, yeah, if the boys can only score 14 runs in this game, they can really get on track. And third of all, it covers what I want to get to off the top because I really, we can talk about the crap on the field, but I I feel like people are probably bored with that and not tuning into our podcast to hear that right now, and I don't blame them. But on the note of my third, are you bleeping serious? So we get the report on Friday from reporter extraordinaire, Ken Rosenthal, The Athletic. That Byron Buxton, the Twins are trying to sign him long-term, and if they can't, they are seriously considering trying to trade him at some point, either by the deadline on July 30th or during the course of the winter. Now, there is no question Ken Rosenthal, extremely well-plugged in, so no reason not to believe that. Another guy who's well-plugged in is Buster Only, ESPN, who clearly did some of his own legwork follow-up on the Rosenthal report to try and 
get more information. And basically what he came away with is, and I think this came, I think this came from the twins and it might be a ploy if it is, it's okay. But if it's not, it's an, are you bleeping serious? That the twins are sending teams away when they ask about guys who are under contract for 2022. That includes Barrios and Buxton, which you know what? If you don't have the right offers for them, I sort of get. But if are you really sending teams away that are asking about Taylor Rodgers, Josh Donaldson, that next level of guy who you should be more than willing to trade because this thing's a dumpster fire? And by the way, I'm not so sure it's coming back in 2022. Are you serious? If, if you are really telling teams, look, this is a blip. We'll trade you Cruz. We'll trade you Andrelton Simmons. But, you know, Max Kepler can't do it. You're idiots. Honest to God. Well, I think I think it means that because because, you know, we, we keep hearing these rumblings that, hey, the twins think this is a blip. The 2021 is just here's a list of eight different excuses or reasons, whether it was the covid outbreak in the clubhouse at the beginning or just guys having slow starts, you know, unprecedented slow starts. You know, Miguel Sano, well, if you could just get comfortable and you know, if you could just just. Just wait till he makes one more swing tweak in Nelson Cruz's basement batting cage, right? Like, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I I want to have hope so badly for 2022 because this has felt like a multi-year window for a long time. But where are you getting your pitching from in 2022? You know, you're 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 not going to go out and sign three top free agents. They've never done that on the pitching side before. I haven't even looked at a list of available guys, but uh, like. They, they would literally need three or four guys to emerge. And Bailey Ober maybe is one of them. Maybe he takes a step forward. They would need a couple other young gun pitchers to come up and just click right away in 2022 or swing a big trade of some kind uh, for a guy under team control. So I think like I'll give you my, my statement here, my first statement of the show today. I think... I think the Twins, with those reports, you just the Twins think that they can compete for a World Series in 2022. And I would love for that to be the case. I would love for this to have been a blip. But I think if you're looking at this thing objectively and saying, well, Nelson Cruz is gone. You don't have – Barrios is your only viable starting pitcher right now. Your bullpen is in shambles. And a lot of guys in their prime, like Sano and Kepler, that were supposed to be carrying this franchise – have mostly fallen on their faces. So it does feel like a reset at minimum. I don't think it's a full rebuild because I think you have enough, like you've got Kirloffs and Larnix and you've got some guys, but I just don't know if how they view their situation matches reality at this point. But the reset would also involve making some deals that might be seen as a bit gutsy to reset as quickly as possible, not hanging on to guys. I mean, the problem is this. On, in fact, the perfect example, Taylor Rogers. Are you going to re-sign him after 2022 when I believe it'll be 31 or 32 and pay him? Because my guess is you're not going to. So why wouldn't you be listening right now? I mean, that's the type of guy who in three years we, we could be talking about that trade and wow, look at these guys that came back to the Twins or this guy who is now, by the way, under team control. Um. And I did get notes back when I tweeted about this. Look, they're just being smart. They're trying to float out there that they're not going to trade guys to drive the price up. Wish I could give, wish I could give them that much credit. I ain't seen a lot in the last 
year or so that that gives me a lot of confidence that they're doing that. If they are, good for them. But I need to see it then. I need to see Taylor Rogers traded on July 30th. And, oh, my God, look at the hall. I'm just disgusted. Uh, My statement is, in retrospect to uh, this trade, the Twins neglecting team control from Buster Olney, it's take advantage of the three-course meal. So sometimes just appetizers is fine. And you're talking to a guy who loves him some appetizers. Like, I get that. The apps are good. They're starters, right? They're rentals. They're, they're just a little thing to tie you over to get you to the end, to the end game. But the three-course meal, there's things that we could sell here that could actually get you a better payoff and a much better dinner for you. Instead of just going to the fried appetizers, why not look at the and Yon? Why not look at Jose Barrios? He doesn't want, he doesn't want to sign back here. You may as well take it, take the calls and see if you can get a couple hundred pros, top 100 prospects in here and try to make something work. You know, Anderson Simmons, Nelson Cruz, you're going to be able to find suitors for those. That's fine. But I'd much rather you listen to offers for guys like Jose Barrios and Taylor Rogers. I'm iffy on Buxton, but I'm, I'm not going to just neglect a phone call. So take advantage of a three-course meal. Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are savvy guys. I bet they like three-course meals. Take advantage of it. That's my opening statement. Um... I'm going to piggyback off that and say this. I'm jumping in line here on statements, but since it's since we're sort of banding about this topic, Jose Barrios does sound like a guy who wants out after 2022. This is from the Star Tribune over the weekend. Jose Barrios's assessment of his own contractual status, he's eligible for free agency 15 months from now, offers a clue to the Twins' chances of getting that deal done. To put it bluntly, it might be too late. Quote from Barrios. I will have been waiting six years, almost seven, to get where every player wants to be, a free agent, and be able to maximize our value. Talking about him and his family and his agency, I would assume. Yep. So it's different now. We are in a good position, and we'll see what the best deal is going to be. Yep. Here's more. Now, it's a matter of seeing if he can get the best deal at market price from the Twins before the other 29 teams enter the bidding. Does he expect that? Quote, maybe. The Twins can do whatever they want, Brio said. If they come to us and make an offer, we'll see what the future has in store. But we waited a long time, worked very hard to get to this position. Yes. He's basically saying there's almost no way that they can offer anything that will get us to not go to free agency in a year and a half from now. And so... You know, could you go back to it? You know, Doogie's been reporting for three years that the Twins have been making some sort of offer to Barrios. Hey, can we tie up your last four years of team control, your last three years, your last two years? And he keeps saying no because, I mean, you could say maybe the Twins keep lowballing him. I don't know. We don't know what the exact figures are. But how would you guys proceed here? I don't blame him. Like, I don't blame him for looking around and saying, well, all right, they haven't offered me something that's like a no brainer to sign. I've made it this far. I'm going to be a free agent after next year. And, like, this team no longer feels like a World Series contending team in 2022. So if I want to win and make the most money, in his mind, the Twins probably don't check either one of those boxes based on what's happened this year. So I would prefer the Twins to try and sign him, and I would overpay a little bit because... The Twins' avenues for getting pitchers like Barrios are very limited. Like, building from within is about the only way you can get a guy as good as Barrios. So I would I would continue to offer him contracts that I think are fair market value. I would pay him over $100 million across multiple years. 
Um, that's my plan A. If he continues to say no, kind of goes back to the first statement from Judd. You almost have to trade him in the next couple of weeks if you can't reach an agreement because getting the most from a tr- uh, from a trade is gonna it, like, you're gonna maximize his value if a team gets him for two playoff stretches. So interesting situation. Uh, don't forget too, he also pitches for a manager who I think, in his perception, right or wrong, probably more right doesn't completely trust him. So like he is he is the best pitcher on this staff and yet there have been lots of times where he is treated like he is the third starter or fourth. <laughs> Dude, you pitched five great ones. Now let's go to that bullpen of ours so they can pour gasoline on the damn game. Uh so if I'm Barrios, I don't like that. He has long contended, I'm telling you, going back to the guy who who he he was wrong about what his interpretation was, but it was clear what his feet feelings were when the Twins let go or traded or did something with a scrub reliever, and he ended up with Philadelphia. And Barrios put out a tweet that day, I believe it was a Saturday, saying it always comes down to to money. And his perception was that the Twins wouldn't pay him. It, that wasn't right, but that's not the point. The point is, I think he thinks the Twins are, when it comes to handling him, somewhat gutless. I think yeah. they think. I think he thinks that they're cheap. And look. If you don't go to Barrios right now and say, what's it going to take? And by the way, he's going to tell you ace money. And I think he's going to say true ace. I I think he's going to say the Zach Wheeler contract is where we start. Mm -hmm. I think that's what he's going to say. And if you're like, can't do that, then trade him by July 30th. And by the way, if you don't, here's the moronic thing. So there's a there's a there's something else at work here. That makes this more egregious if he basically says, I am going to market. And if he goes to market, he's gone. He's not not come back here. Um, But the thing at work is, keep in mind, 2022 is a wild card. Like, we don't know if there's going to be a lockout. We don't know, but there could be. We don't know when it's going to start. We don't know if it's Armageddon or a blip. But I think from a team's perspective, you guys, you have to assume worst case. Like, that has to be on the docket. You can't not assume what's the worst case here. And if you don't trade Barrios for what I think could be a pretty good return by July 30th, and you keep him, and let's say you lose a significant chunk to most of next year, and his contract does not toll, you can't trade him then. But if if you trade, but here's the thing, like, I feel like you're on the you just need to trade him in the next two weeks bandwagon. And I'm saying, beware, if you trade him in the next two weeks, I get why you do. But if you trade him in the next two weeks, you are essentially waving the white flag for the next two seasons. Because now you need sure. now you need five new starting but, pitchers. But your job as an executive is to examine every side of this and, and decide if he is going to walk and we can't bring him back, the best time to trade him is in the next two weeks. Now, if you go to him, and and here and here's where Donaldson comes in too. I'm telling you, go to teams and tell them you can have them. Take as much of the contract as possible. We will take we will take a class. We'll take a Babe Ruth player back. We'll take a a kid who's playing Legion ball back. Oh, I was like, oh, I, I, you're no, saying no, like the the no, little the league, little the yes, Babe Ruth little yes. League. We will like, take <laughs> we we will take a player from the Babe Ruth league back, a Legion player back, and here's why. If you are going to try to sign Barrios, you probably need to free up as much cash as possible for, to make that move. And part of that's going to come by getting rid of contract. Because there's no way that, that they're going to go to the poll ads with the Barrios ask. And it's it's going to be like, absolutely. 
There's going to have to be some pain there. But I'd rather keep Barrios than Donaldson. I'd rather get nothing back for Josh than have Barrios walk. But there's a lot of things here that the Twins are, I feel like, actively screwing up because they believe it was just a blip. Listen, this might not be just a blip. you got to think about what's going on here. Uh, Judd is up next here, and Judd's next statement is going to be powered by our friends at Dennis Kirk, who are helping the Twins, any players that are looking to ride out of town via trade, whether they ride on a Harley, whether they ride on a Metro Cruiser, a sport bike, and they can get those helmets at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. Uh, Order by 8 p.m., and they ship the same day, and shipping is free for orders over $89. When the open road calls... Head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. Okay, are, are we done with the trade portion? Because I'd like to move on with I'm good. a statement. I'm good. Yeah. Declan? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Your show, good. yeah. You're fine. No, no, it's a, it's a family. It's a community. Oh. Everyone's involved. Mackie and Judd is a family here. So if if there's more grievances to air about potential <laughs> trades, I just want to make sure I'm, that we I'm got those out of the good. way. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. All right. I'm good, pal. On to my next thing. <sighs> Bally Sports North thinks you are, all of you, and us too, idiots. Absolute idiots. So I'm in the grocery store at Cub in line on Saturday scrolling through. Actually, I had gone to my my text that I had received, and my friend Phil Mackey had sent Declan and I the screen grab from the most <laughs> ridiculous graphic I have seen in 51 years on this earth, following sports I closely. Was, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sending it to you to mock it. I was sending was it mul- to you to yeah. fire up the troops. I'm ready for a yeah. big second-half tear. Based, multiple and you can interpret it, how, yeah, interpret it however well, you want I did. to, Mr. I, Negative. I took that as being the most idiotic, asinine graphic that I have ever seen. <laughs> By the way, to a company, Sinclair... By paying Xfinity, I pay a lot to get you. So I expect I expect to be coddled. I expect to be treated like an adult. I expect to be treated like I have half a brain. Not like I'm some moron schlepping on my couch saying, oh, look at if the Twins play 699 ball for the next uh, couple months, they can well, win no, the division. Let's, let's get it right, first of all. Let's yeah. explain to the I'd audience here. Rip okay? this is... This is before this is before the Twins played on Saturday, so they're coming out of the the gate for the second half. They had just completed a sweep going into the All Star break. Mm. Second half surge? Question mark with a big you know photo. I guess we could have popped this up on the screen if I had sent it over, but um, big photo of Rocco Baldelli. Fifty three, twelve games back in the wild card race, but if they go fifty three and twenty in the second half, which would be a seven twenty six win percentage. That would Sorry. get them to ninety-two wins. All right, it would be one. It would be one game better than the best seventy-three game stretch in the major leagues since nineteen ninety-four, which was Arizona in nineteen ninety-nine. Arizona did have Randy Johnson and uh, Kurt Schilling at the top of that rotation. Details. Pretty sure. Details. Or was it? No, that might have I been. I don't a know if game. Schilling was there, but I think Randy Johnson was. Or was Randy Johnson yeah. with the? Uh, I don't. I don't remember. What, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Not the twins. Uh, but I'm just saying. Like I'm just. Like, <laughs> you view it as negative. I view it as let's pump it up, baby. Let's get this thing going in the second half of the season. All right. You don't pay for the service. I do. What I think matters. You it you you people ever treat me like that again? I will find illegal ways. Like some people I know, I don't want to talk about them. Like some people I know to watch your games. My God, I kept cable for this. Okay. Hear me out. Hear me out, okay? So, J-Haps had a tough 
little start to the season here, right? 17 mm-hmm. starts. He's got a 6.15 ERA. So it's been a rough start, all right? Yeah. He's going to make probably 15 more starts the rest of the way. So I've done some number crunching on this thing, all yeah. right? All right. If he can finish with 15 consecutive scoreless shutouts, he can shave his ERA mathematically down to 2.56. All complete games? Kevin, Kevin Ga- yeah, they'd have to be complete games <laughs> to get the innings, right? Okay. Now, Ke- Kevin Gausman leads the majors with a 1.73 ERA, so he'd have to come up a little bit. But listen, difficult? Yes. Impossible? No. This Come is, on. This isn't funny. None of this is funny. See my cable bill? Very big. Listen, okay? Miguel Sano has 15 home runs. Pretty good start. Pretty good start to the season, power-wise. Got 15 power, home got runs, pop, okay? No question. So there's 70 games left. <laughs> 70 games left. If he can hit 59 home runs over 70 games. So not even a home run a game, okay? 59 home runs over 70 games. Yep. He has a chance to break Barry Bonds' single-season Home run record. Difficult? Yes. Impossible? I don't think so. Oh, God. You know, you have to be so negative. The fact that you put those graphics out on Twitter, too, was outstanding. I absolutely loved it. Um, Yeah. Do you know how much tougher our jobs are made by these jokers at Bally's trying to make their partners happy. Well, what do you so so? Because a lot of people you, you've been tweeting about this. Yeah, and I tweeted. You've been it. getting some pushback. Like, like what? So they are financially in bed with mm-hmm. the Minnesota Twins, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, this is a multi-million-dollar mm-hmm. annual deal. Like, so they're not just going to get on TV and savage the Minnesota Twins. You're not going. Tim Lauder is not going to roll up the sleeves Roger. and be like, camera one, zoom in right now. Well, I've got a few things down. to say about yeah. this garbage piece of crap team. Yep. Like they, they would cut the feed. So what do you, as a, as a subscriber and a consumer who pays money to watch Bally Sports North, yeah, okay. what's a yeah. reasonable expectation for you, what you want as a viewer? I want realistic expecta- um, discussions about the expectations and where this team is now and where it can go. And I also want my analyst to always tell me the good and, here's the key thing, Justin, the bad. Uh, you know more about baseball than I will ever know, and you can shed light on things that are bad, too. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you rip them, but that does mean you say, like, if if Rocco Baldelli, and, and I said this way back when uh, about the Panther and Greenlay on Wild Games, okay? I always said this. The Panther. <laughs> That's what Patrick calls him, the Panther. And I think Wes Walls calls him that, too. Anyway, so... My test case was always this. If you know that Boots is going to get to the mic post game and rip the team, you can start telling me what's going wrong. Like, you don't need to sugarcoat this. If the coach is going to, on your post game show, rip the team, then you're safe to say, here's what they're doing wrong. Again, I'm not asking you to rip players or people, but I am asking you to tell me, if everything's going bad, tell me what's going bad. Like, go down that path. When Rocco Baldelli goes to the post-game Zoom. Rocco never criticizes, basically, right? And says what he said that Declan played at the top of our show today, which is we basically did nothing well baseball-wise. Justin baseball Justin Morneau and Dick Bramer. And by the way, I'm told that Provis and Gladden did exactly this. So this is not, like, unheard of. And they don't sit there and rip the team apart, but they both express their disdain or, or their disgust, and they tell you why. That's all I'm asking for. And the other thing, too, is at this point in time, we are two weeks out from the deadline. 
you can have a discussion about the Rosenthal report, the Buxton thing. Good networks that actually empower their announcers do. That doesn't mean that you have to say, well, Buxton, or, or criticize him or say, he. I mean, he's a great player. Phenomenal. But there is a credible report out there from one of the great baseball insiders about a star player on this team, and your team stinks, so your games are boring. So you can have a conversation about the deadline without trying to always – It's the rope-a-dope is so obvious, too, because what they like to do is when things don't, don't go well, they talk about what they did as kids, or they talk about they, – they had a big conversation about if Morneau played basketball yesterday. And he's like, yeah, I quit hockey as a senior in high school to play basketball to get in shape for baseball. I don't need that. I can get that on like a Morneau podcast. What I need is what's going wrong here and why and what can be done to fix it. And I don't think that's that big of ask. And I sure as hell don't need condescending graphics telling me difficult. Oh, yeah. Impossible. No, it just it it disgusts me to for a media entity like the one thing we don't do and I've never done is I don't assume people that consume our content are stupid. That's not fair to them. Like it's so condescending, and and it again it it empowers the poor jokers out there who were like, look at Mackie and Zolgad and Declan, look at how they're negative. Mm-hmm. We're not negative. We're realistic, and we like to have good conversations about sports. When we become a bad sports town, is when we fire up Bally Sports North and get fed a load of crap like that. It just disgusts me. All right, I mean you can you can take that stance, but hear me out for a second, okay? I was talking to our friend X Twins News oh, on yeah. Twitter last night. Friend of the show. So <laughs> Luis Arise is now hitting two ninety nine, okay? If he goes one hundred one for two hundred seventeen, so he needs a hundred one hits in two hundred seventeen at bats to finish the season, all right? If he can hit four sixty five, which is what that clip would be from here on out. He can be the first guy to hit 400 in the major league since Ted Williams in the early 1950s. Come on now. We're gonna win twins. We're gonna score. We're gonna win. I mean, we've seen hot streets, mm. hot stretches mm. before from Luis. Well, I mean, he does remind us of, of basically he's a reincarnation of Carew and Teddy Ballgame, right? <laughs> like he's a combination well, of those and two. Gwyn, and Gwyn. Oh, and Tony Gwynn. Yeah, a lot, a Carew, lot of Gwynn Gwynn, there, for sure. Williams, no question about it. Oh, one last quick statement off this rant, okay? Because I would like to throw out a congratulations. There is a Valley Sports North employee I would like to congratulate, and I would like to think took the high road realizing that graphic means I can't work here. Annie Sabo gets it. Annie Sabo has resigned from Bally Sports North, and she was on the pre and post, which is probably the greatest offender. I mean, those poor people, do they sit down and like, okay, we could talk about this really interesting thing the Twins goofed up, or we could talk about that. No, let's talk about Andrelton Simmons doing community service while being non-vaxxed. That's what we'll talk about, and getting a bunch of kids sick. Um, Annie Sabo, last night, Instagram, Twitter said, I'm going home to Florida to be with my fiance. Peace out. Andy Sable, congratulations. I caught a few minutes. There was uh, like a some sort of digital extra clip with Annie. And, and by the way, I think Annie has done an awesome job in the two years. And I don't know. It's probably more of a lifestyle decision just to move back to no, Tampa. she couldn't take anymore. Poor Annie in that, in that post game last night or yesterday, she was trying to throw it to Tim Laudner 
with some semblance of positivity. Like this team is garbage. They're, you know, 15 games under 500. They just got shut out to get swept by the Tigers. Uh, I think Akil Badu hit a three-run triple on Saturday, like a former twin second. Like, there's nothing to take away here. And so, you know, and she's trying to find a positive because that's the edict, right? Well, they did have six hits, Kim. You know, I mean, like, but like, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? There's got to be some sort of, like, I'm with you on this in that. So I, I put a poll out just out of curiosity after that initial graphic on Saturday, which got savaged, by the way. And I I'm just curious, like, how do you want your local media to be? Positive all the time? Tell it like it is, please. Or just talk more Brett Favre. Well, I think I think the fact that 16 people voted Brett Favre means you might have to ramp up the Brett Favre conversation. Right? Uh, only 4% said positive all the time. 80% said tell it like it is, please. But I don't know, man. Like, I think... I think a lot of people think they want to be told, like, what the reality is, but really they want some sort of positive spin on it. But I think when when everybody involved, from the manager to the front office to the players themselves to media and fans, like, when you know that you're staring at a steaming pile of baseball crap, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be this way. It doesn't mean that it's always been this way in the past. You can still celebrate things in the past and be hopeful for the future, but I think to serve it up as anything other than a huge disappointment is definitely insulting fans and treating them like they're stupid. So I don't expect them to be super negative. I don't expect them to just, I don't expect Dick and Justin to just be teeing off for three hours on Miguel Sano like like I do sometimes. No, but you can Um, can talk about what's wrong. Yeah, like is there some way to present it that's not just like, Hey, if the Twins go on a historic stretch for the last 70 games right. of the season, they can maybe win 90. Wah, wah, and they get swept in a doubleheader five minutes later. Like, and all right, I mean, if they had taken some time, for instance, on Saturday to talk about the Buxton report, that would have been good. I would have loved to heard their thoughts. It would have been really intriguing. Um, yeah, so I'm to be clear, I'm not looking for them to tear the team apart, but I am looking for a realistic conversation um, and the thing that the, that uh, Corey and Danny on radio do so well is you can sense their disgust too. Like they, that that's the thing that I don't think broadcasters get. You can be a a fan of the team. I mean, it's hard not to be. I get that. Hawk, Hawk Harrelson actually Hawk Harrelson. is probably the best of mm-hmm. this, right? But but when they're not playing well, what do fans do? They get disgusted, right? They get upset, and so again, not teeing off. But, you know, Gladden's a really good barometer of what I want. He Because he, he can't help himself. He, it's a bit like Wes Walls was on Wild Games during their during their period of driving me crazy. Uh, I appreciate that. That's good. Well, Jim, And Jim Pete, yes. you know, w- within the Valley's pantheon, like Jim Pete's one of the best local commentators in the entire country. Yep. Like if you go flip around League Pass and, and listen to other NBA games, not only with just the way that he delivers a professional broadcast – but the way that he's able to, on a team that's been pretty putrid for the last decade and a half, yep. save for a couple fun seasons, he's been able to call it like it is. Now, there were, there's been some times, like during the Tom Thibodeau era, where Scott Layden, Tom Thibodeau, wouldn't talk to Jim Peterson. They would tell players and coach assistant coaches, don't talk to Jim Peterson. He's too negative. So I get that you're going to get some blowback. You're going to get some pushback. But... To me, and, I, and and what I'm about to say is difficult because 
your loyalty as a network when there's that much money involved is to the team. Mm-hmm. But really, like, your loyalty, first and foremost, is to the fans because that's the audience that you're trying to attract. And so I love the way Jim Pete goes about it on the basketball broadcast and Dave Benz, too. But Jim Pete's like, Jim Pete will say, Carl Anthony Towns needs to do this yes. if he wants to be a superstar in this league. Yes. Great. And he'll compliment Towns on the next play just to balance it out, right? Like, it shouldn't it shouldn't be this novel concept when you're dealing with a steaming pile of Jim Pete dung. <laughs> J- Jim Pete should, I think, teach classes to the Bally Sports North commentators on how to do it. Because you're right. It's the perfect mix. And you know what, too? You never come away, I don't think, personally, from a game, a Wolves game, on the BS network saying to yourself, I think Jim Pete wanted the Wolves to lose. You never think that. Like, it's very crystal clear. His frustrations are born from the fact that they don't win. But he also it also opens up a window for him to tell you things. And and the thing that I love about that the most is, guess who learns? We do. Like, Jim Pete knows more about basketball than we'll ever know. So if he tells you what Towns is not doing right, like, I would love to have... I would love to have what Smalley did a few years ago on Sano's swing. Those breakdowns were phenomenal. And they weren't always positive, but they taught me. That's what I want. He, hear me out, okay? All right, hear me <laughs> out. <laughs> if Taylor Rogers can save 35 games in the second half of the season here, all right? Uh, any final statements from you guys before we... Jump into some amazing and glorious wolves. Reckless speculation. You got one more? Uh, yeah, I, I have a wild one, I guess, and it was just more of a which problem way to you... sell it. Way to sell it, Dex. Yeah, I got a wild one. Yeah, Minnesota wild one. Uh, I'm really enthused about this. Yeah. Uh, statement. Yeah, yeah, deliver it with gusto. Come on. All right. Which problem do you want to fix, Minnesota Wild? Which problem do you want to fix? So the expansion draft lists, the protected lists, have been released. Uh, Matt Dumba ended up being protected. Exposing um, Carson Soucy, Victor Rask, Capo Kakinen, um, and Nick Bukestad, and a few other you know middling, low tier guys that don't matter. The problem is, is Carson Soucy or Capo Kakinen are probably the two most likely players to be taken in the expansion draft by the Seattle Kraken. Soucy's a nice top four defenseman. Capo Kakinen's a young goalie that you can control with his rights and his contract for years to come. And for the wild side, you're probably going to lose one of those two players. So you have to figure out, do you want to replace a, basically two defensemen because you bought out Ryan Suter, which is a task, by the way. Like That is a task to replace the minutes of Ryan Suter and Carson Soucy. All of a sudden, you're, you're looking to eat up 20 to 25 minutes uh, of, of two players who are, are, are a big part of your blue line. Or do you want to try to fix your backup goaltending role? Which, it's always easier to probably take that route because goaltending is a very volatile position and there's a bunch of free agent goalies out there this year. I think it's probably easier, but it might be a tough... Tough thing to see if Cam Talbot uh, regresses this year and Capo Cotton ends up flourishing with the Seattle Kraken because they now have a young, controllable goalie for the next 10 years. But I, I do think the problem you're going to want to fix if you're Bill Guerin and you're Wild fans right now is finding the next backup goalie instead of trying to f- figure out a new defenseman to pair on this team with a Matt Dumba or whoever it's going to be. What's Capo's upside? That he turns into a number one goalie. Um, I mean, he played pretty well. At least for a good stretch of this last yeah, season, he struggled late, but he, yeah, he was really good. When, when Talbot was out for a while there, in I guess what would qualify as the middle of the season, Koppel was really, really solid. But Declan's right, and 
here's the conundrum that your club, Mackie, and don't <laughs> deny it, it is your club, the Kraken face. Um, they, are not, they are not my club. They are your club. Well, why would you adopt them? I'd adopt them. You could become a hockey guy through and through now. You live in a hockey town. The, the, There's no the, the, NBA team. The Wild, the wild have the one of the five best players in the NHL and the best player in franchise history. I think I, I don't think I'm going to sell that stock for a, mm. an expansion team. The conundrum is sure. this. They, the Montreal Canadiens have exposed Carey Price, the future Hall of Fame goaltender, who evidently is going to get a checkup in New York and might have a bunch of stuff wrong. He might like have a hip problem <laughs> yeah. now and stuff like that. But he's not going to get the checkup until like Wednesday or Thursday. And the Kraken has the opportunity to take him, but it's going to be without a complete workup. Um, I don't think they will, but there's a chance that they do. And if they take Carey Price and can get him healthy... It'll be interesting to see what other goaltenders they take. But, yeah, I'm with Dex. If you, if it's between Susie and, Ka- and Capo, I'm probably in favor of them taking Capo because uh, with with my guy Suits gone, that's going to cause you to then have to replace him and Susie. Susie's not spectacular, but he's reliable. So. Yeah, I think I think the biggest question is, does Seattle want to load up on veteran players and make a run in the next couple right. of years and try and do what Vegas did, or do they want to pick off – the younger guys with upside that have been left unprotected, and maybe it's a slower build. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I told you guys, expansion franchise, go ahead and lose. Lose all you want. People are still going to go to games. I love how you somehow think that like Vegas going to the Stanley Cup finals in their I'm just telling you how I build year? a team. Yes. Yes, they're yes which, year. by the way, was, that was like a bad which, thing which, for the franchise. Which was, which was sort of a joke. Well, it's just, it's embarrassing. In it's a not embarrassing. It's, it's embarrassing good. I want league. the teams to be good right away. The, the Wilds' best player was Scott Pellerin but in the he expansion went to, draft. He, they went to the Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals. I'm not saying they can't be a playoff team. But you, are you telling me that they were a Stanley Cup Finals team in a league full of teams that should have been at least... Knocked them out in the conference finals. If you're going to pay that big entry fee to well, get yeah, in, you're going to get a good team. Good. But I would not take a team full <laughs> of veterans. I'm going to build it because for two or three years, Seattle okay, is going to they're going to yeah. love the Kraken. <laughs> they're going to go to games. The process. process. They're, yeah. they're going to go okay. to games. I'm going to know my fan base. I okay. mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be at least I think four to five years before the Wolves move there. So it's going to be one winter sport town. It's going to be the Kraken. That's it. And then in five years, it'll be the Kraken and Wolves. I don't know why you had to do the drive-by Wolves movie. And then they have to be, they have to go back to the Sonics. Like, that's the first thing. Stop trying to drag my Wolves. Wait, wait, quick question. Quick question. If If the Wolves moved there and adopted the Sonics name, which they should, would the, and the league said, Okay, as part of the transfer deal, we're going to leave the Wolves' name. We're going to leave the Wolves' name for the next franchise because eventually Minnesota will get another team. Do you take it or do you say it's not a bad name, but it's absolutely jinxed? Uh, first of all, that will none of that will happen. But if it did happen, I would, I would rather just pick a new name and erase <laughs> the history of the franchise. Yes. If given the, if given the chance for like a five or ten year reset, a new franchise comes in. Yeah, it's a little like it's a little like uh, I don't know. It's like that Annabelle doll from the horror movies, oh. right? Just leave it in the closet. Just nobody, yeah. nobody going to the attic. 
the the all the wolves, the crunch, <laughs> the crunch mascot head. All of it can just sort of stay. Yeah. When the wolves the move, you will Center. find out that I was right. When A Rod becomes a hero in Seattle, enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Yeah. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Uh, speaking of Timberwolves, I have spent the weekend, you guys, just, I didn't even sleep this weekend. You guys were out day drinking and, oh, I slept and ripping on the twins. Dex slept through the WWE Money in the Bank yeah. pay-per-view I, last I, night. After 13 hours one. of my Saturday, it was, it, I was in bed at nine o'clock yesterday. So, um, I, uh, I spent the weekend gathering Timberwolves multi-team trade ideas. From some of our loyal listeners and social media followers. And I'm going to give you four of them here in just a moment. But my first question, because this happened late last week, this Damian Lillard stuff dropped, I think, on Friday. And we didn't really get a chance to do a deep dive into it. Uh, We touched on it with Doogie a little bit. But before we get to multi-team Timberwolves trade ideas, to what extent do you think the Wolves should seriously call Portland about acquiring Damian Lillard. Like, I get that the rest of the league and other fan bases are going to laugh at that question. And if you've stumbled upon this episode via YouTube, scoring with the YouTube channel, like, you're probably already laughing. But Gerson Rosas has already traded for D'Lo. He's already shown a willingness and a want to go and grab top stars in the NBA. He comes on this show and says, yeah, we are hunting for superstars. And so I'm sure he's interested even though the rest of the world might laugh at the notion of the Timberwolves, like of all the teams that you could go to, how laughable is it that they should pick up the phone and call Portland and have a legitimate discussion? Well, they should definitely call. I don't think that they have, because if Dame is going to be dealt, and I saw some reports over the weekend now that say he fully expects to stay there, so I don't know what's going to transpire here. But I think you definitely make the call. But what I think you are is what we talked about last week, which is I think you are part of a facilitator for a multi-team deal. Um, I don't think you're going to have – so if Dame is going to be moved, you should call. I don't think you're going to have the assets or – I shouldn't say that. You do have them. I don't think you're going to be willing to give up what Portland would want of your assets to get him here. And and to me, Ant is a non-starter. I'm not trading Ant. Uh, I think they would definitely ask for Ant. But I do think the realistic groundwork that you could lay is, okay, that's cool. We probably can't do that. But what about us in Philly? And I don't know, take your pick, a Washington or something. Because I do think that the Wolves have parts that could definitely be dispersed in a multi-team deal that would not land Dame here, but could land a big fish here. Dex, how laughable is it? Uh, I don't know if it's laughable because, number one, these conversations happen all the time. I think it's less likely, like significantly less likely than getting Ben Simmons. I just I don't understand how it would work for the Timberwolves side. You're definitely giving up D'Lo in that instance because um, Dame's obviously going to be, you know, basically your shooter there. So I, I don't know if it's laughable. 
but I would definitely focus my energy more on the Ben Simmons or even, you know, Miles Turner is honestly more realistic than Ben Simmons, too. I'd turn my attention on something that's either more obtainable or something that you've been linked to. Because the Dame Lillard thing, who is one of my favorite athletes in all sports, man. I mean, that dude is clutch like no other. I love him, but I just don't know how it would fit here with the Timberwolves. See, I think I think you absolutely have the assets. I think it's just a matter of how, how uncomfortable do you want to get in, in what the Blazers' asking price would be. Because even though Judd just said ants off limits. Well, Damian Lillard's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's in his prime. He's, he is 31, so like his, yep. he's not going to be able to play like this forever, uh, but he's under contract through 2025. So you've got, you've got an ironclad like four-year run with Damian Lillard, the, probably, the, probably two of those years prime, and then we'll kind of see on the last two years. If you went to Portland and said – actually, let me rephrase that. If you went to Portland – Speculation and said, "All right, this really hurts on our end to say, but it's Damian Lillard. We're going to give you Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. So two dudes, twenty D'Lo's twenty five, and Ant is one of the best young potential stars in a couple years, right? So you guys are going to have you guys are going to compete this year for a playoff spot because you'll have some good pieces, and you're set for the next." 10 years, maybe with Ant, if you can maximize him. We'll see. But the Timberwolves would have Damian Lillard and Carl Anthony Towns as a one-two punch. How many better one-two punches are you going to find in the Western Conference than Damian Lillard and Carl Anthony Towns? Just saying, like, if you if you wanted to get uncomfortable and say, all right, everyone's on the table, including Anthony Edwards, mm-hmm. you have the capital to make it happen, maybe more than – and future first-round picks, like – You've got more to offer if you put Ant on the table. I'm not saying I would do this. I'm just saying, like, if you wanted Damian Lillard, you could get Damian Lillard, and you could make the money work out. If you had to throw in somebody else, you could you could make it work out. I, would you would, would you be open to it? No. Hey, Dame and Cat and everything else is fair and, game. No, I wouldn't. And here's here's my my problem starting from uh, Dame's camp, not the Wolves' camp. Cat's great. I, I like Cat. He's Good player. I don't know that he's great yet. I don't know that he's going to. I don't know that he's going to get to where his talent should get to. But I certainly am not putting Cat down. But if I'm gonna, but if I'm Dame and I, I am potentially going to move from Portland, where I've been for a long time, I'm comfortable. But if I've just said, you know what, it's not going to work here. We're not going to uh, be able to really pursue a championship. If I'm Dame, then I don't want to. As I'm coming to the Timberwolves, I don't want to see going out the door and. Like, I think Ant is an absolutely key piece. So if I'm Dame, what would excite me if something would about playing here? It's two things. The Skyways, because I never have to go outside. <laughs> and and the chance to play with, let's say, uh, Cat and Ant. I think if it's just Cat, my desire to play here goes way down because I could be I could be traded to better places then to have a real chance to pursue a championship fairly quickly. And I think, well, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, but Ant, and I, it sounds, it's, it sounds like he wants to go to the to either the Seventy Sixers or the Knicks based on a couple reports, which makes sense. Big markets, Eastern Conference too, so he could just he, he's probably, he's probably just having nightmares every night about having to face yeah. the Warriors fully loaded and LeBron now and Anthony Davis if those guys are healthy and then, yeah, uh, the Suns aren't going to go away, right? Mm-hmm. But I think 
if you were to have swapped out CJ McCollum the last four or five years with Carl Anthony Towns, I think the Blazers, I don't think the Blazers win a title because I think Cat has a lot of work to do in terms of like defense and just intensity and stuff. But I think Dame and Cat is a much more compelling pairing than Dame and McCollum, whether it happens in Portland or whether, which it won't. Uh, or whether it happens in Minnesota, which it won't either. But it's fun to it's fun to kick um, these things. Off. And by the way, reckless speculation. According to Basketball Real GM, the their trade machine, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards for Damian Lloyd is a, is a successful trade. That's a successful trade to them. So it works. The trade, yeah, the money, and, and it it's definitely a, works. And it's a wildly successful trade for the Blazers. Like if the Blazers mm-hmm. could come out with something like that, they should. And Dame doesn't want to play there anymore. What like what are the unless the Blazers somehow trade McCollum for a better star this offseason, like what are they gonna do with Dame? Like this is probably a good time to just cash in yeah. for somebody else. Um along those lines, I've got, if you guys are interested, four multi tricks. Reckless speculation. All right, let's hear it. Okay. So the first one's from a website called NBAanalysis.net. Mm-hmm. And this one's presented by our friends at Federated, okay? Um, I got a feeling that uh, if the <laughs> if some of these trades were about to go through come to fruition, then there's going to be a couple teams that are going to need insurance for how bad they got fleeced. And I don't know if Federated can help you with this, but um, they can help you if you're a business owner. Make sure that you're maximizing the success of your business, lowering the uh, potential for risk. When bad things do happen to your company, you want to make sure you have a partner standing behind you that can uh, guide you along the way. So Federated and FederatedInsurance.com, full list of industries and resources that you can tap into. So check them out. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Here's the first one, NBAanalysis.net. Timberwolves would receive Damian Lillard. The Blazers would receive D'Lo, Malik Beasley, Declan's guy, Jaden McDaniels, Mm -mm. A, two, a 2022 first-round pick swap, a 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 first-round pick swap, and a 2025 first-round pick. So you'd have the option of swapping if, like, because you can't trade back-to-back future first-round picks. Right. But you can you could you could swap picks if it made sense. You know, you'd have the option to. Right. So that that's just a two-team trade. But here's the write-up. At some point, the competitive Western Conference will require the Timberwolves to either make an aggressive move with Cat or to hit the hard reset button. A move for Damian Lillard would be the kind of bold attempt to taking the next step that Minnesota could need. The Suns managed to emerge as title contenders after adding Chris Paul into the mix. What if the Timberwolves were to acquire Damian Lillard? Reckless speculation. Whoa. So my head is spinning from all of the first round trades there, but um, I got the. It's before. It's potentially it's two four, first round picks okay. and then two pick swaps potentially. But I get the player swap, and that is the type of trade that I'd be much more willing to do because it doesn't involve Ant. And, and if D'Lo has to be traded, okay, I get that. That's fine. Um, Dex's guy. McDaniel's, I think I think he might be involved in a deal because that's a realistic, really nice chip yep. to trade. And it's gonna get you and if it gets you big game, like if you go out star hunting, I think any team is going to say Jade McDaniels comes to us. And I also think that you say at that point, yes, the Beasley 
portion. I know he can shoot, but the off the court stuff does scare me. Um, if that trade was on the table, I think I'd pull the trigger. I think I would. That sounds. I think agreeable. If 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 there's any sort of deal for Dame that doesn't involve cat or ant, it's a it's a wolves fleecing. Like there is, there, yeah. yeah. Take more. Like I love Jaden. He's great. Like he's going to be a really good player. D'Lo's a really good player. Malik Beasley's is a really good player. Like Damian Lillard is an all timer. He's one of the fifty best players in NBA history. And if you can somehow land him without giving up Cat or Ant, you've preserved. You've made yourself a contender now, mm-hmm. and you've preserved like your next ten years with Anthony Edwards being a bright young star. And I think the only way that Dame agrees to come here is in a trade like that where you leave Ant and Cat here. I just don't see him saying, okay, I'll just go play with Cat. I just don't see it. But if you're getting Ant still in the mix, I think that becomes pretty attractive. I mean, that gives you a, that gives you a great big three. I was going to say nice. It's not nice. That gives you a great big three yeah. opportunity. It would be really fun to watch. All right, here's another one. All right, this is from jcakes84, a three-team trade on Twitter. I love the names. That's great. Yeah, we, yeah listen, there's, there's a bunch that didn't make the show here, okay? A lot, a lot of cutting room floor. We appreciate those, too, though, here. by the way. Keep yeah. them coming. So the Wolves would get Ben Simmons mm-hmm. and Shake Milton from the Sixers. So he's, he's like a rotational oh, yeah, shooting guard. Yeah. Shake Milton. Shake right. Milton. Great name. The Wolves would give up two first-round picks, Malik Beasley, Herning Gomez, Culver, and Jalen Noel. <laughs> and then I, w- I would add that, like... Not Jalen Noel! Some of those assets would be split between... Uh, like, Philly would send some of those assets to Portland. Philly would keep a couple because it would be a three-team trade that sends Dame to the Sixers. So Philly would be getting some of these assets, um, trading the first-round picks and a couple other things to Portland. I think, and, and and these are all trades that worked out in the uh, in the real GM trade machine. Okay. Just so you guys know, so Ben Simmons and Shake Milton for two first round picks, Beasley, Hernan Gomez, Culver, Jalen Noel. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's that's a no brainer. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. Done Where deal. Do yeah, Where do we sign? We'll fax it in yeah, right now. Seriously, like that's not an even. I didn't even need to give that a second of thought once you said the names. I will say that it becomes easier to get Ben Simmons. And for people wondering, why do you guys want Ben Simmons so bad? Well, it's not that we think that he's like the player that he was supposed to be three or four years ago. It's that like if you can add Ben Simmons without giving up one of your three best players and you, you get all of his perimeter defense right. and his rebounding and his distribution, like, right. my God, it makes your team instantly a top six team in the Western Conference. Um but I think it becomes easier to get Simmons for less if there's a third and a fourth team involved because mm-hmm. instead of looking at Philadelphia and Philadelphia saying, well, for you to get Ben Simmons straight up between the two of us, you have to give up D'Lo, you'd say, all right, well, like, what if Bradley Beal was involved? Like, then, right. then what, would, what would it take to get Bradley Beal instead of and, – and, and now you've got three teams uh, churning assets. Here's another one. Ryan Voss Carlson. Five-team trade. The Wolves would get Ben Simmons from Philadelphia and Montrez Harrell from the Lakers. He's basically like a more advanced version of Naz Reed. Just he's more of a veteran version. Naz might have a little more range. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Um, So Ben Simmons and Montrez Harrell. And the Wolves would give Rubio, 
Beasley, Jaden McDaniels, Jarrett Culver, Naz Reed, and two future first-round picks. I'll give you the other like three teams in a second, but that's the Wolves part of it. Ben and then, Simmons okay. and Montrez Harrell for Rubio, Beasley, Jaden McDaniels, Jarrett Culver, Naz Reed, and two future first-round picks. I mean, I hate to lose McDaniels, but beyond that, did you say a name of a player that I'm going to cry about losing? Right. I don't think you did. Naz makes me Reed, cry a little bit. Reed's good, yeah. Um, Jade McDaniels definitely makes Here's why I've come around on on the potential for a Ben Simmons trade from where I started at, because the shooting still does scare me, and it's just going to. But the more I talk to, or the more that we discuss this, and you talk to people off the air as well, the more you realize that if they come back with their current roster defensively, there's a very good chance they're still not good. Like Chris Finch's system could work more a little bit. I understand that. And and look, defense is about effort. So I also get that if guys step up their effort, that's going to help. But Ben Simmons is a defensive difference maker immediately, who I think, and if you can leave D'Lo, Ant, and Cat on your roster, bring in a defender as good as Simmons is, you've elevated yourself immediately. And now at least a bunch of those questions about can the current group play defense are eliminated. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's yeah. where I've started to come around. So be, beyond Jaden McDaniels, Dex, yeah. I don't think there's a name there that I'm going to balk at. No. And, you know, I know there was the Nas Reed problems with some people. But again, if, if Nas Reed is the, you know, the straw breaks the camel's back in a trade, well, we are looking at the wrong thing here. We're, we're putting our energy towards the wrong assets. Um, I like Jaden McDaniels. You know, he looks like he's going to be a, a damn good defender and, and was, a, was a steal of a pick late in the first round. But if it gets me Ben Simmons or, in the instance, gets me Dame Lillard, I'm probably going to be able to pull the trigger on it. I can come to terms with uh, that. This five-team trade that, I, that we just laid out, the Wolves part of it, also involves Kyle Lowry going from Toronto to the Lakers and Damian Lillard headed from Portland to the 76ers. So you'd have... And so then basically Toronto... And Portland would be getting the the future assets, and then there'd be other picks thrown in by other teams. So that was who? Portland, Minnesota, Toronto, Toronto, the, the Lakers, Lakers and, and the Sixers. I love that. That's that's, that's great, great I mean, work. That is that is amazing. awesome. Reckless speculation. That is Ryan being dedicated to the craft. It is. This I is know. Great. I'm not kidding. What? We will we will devote a segment a day on this podcast until the league year starts. If you guys have multi-team Wolves trade <laughs> ideas, run them through through trade machines. I got one more here, and I don't. I, I'm skeptical that this actually, but I did see the screenshot from the trade machine. Joe Fritz two twelve with a three team trade. So the Wolves would get Ben Simmons. The Wolves would give Rubio's expiring contract, uh, Malik Beasley. Josh Akogi, you need him to just be amazing in the Olympics. <laughs> just increase that trade value. Yeah. Uh, and then he's playing point guard, by the way, for Nigeria. And then two first-rounders. Mm-hmm. And then the Sixers would spin assets to Washington for Bradley Beal. But the Sixers would somehow keep Malik Beasley. And this did get approved. So basically, Washington would trade Bradley Beal for Rubio's expiring Akogi, who's a total throw-in, and two first round picks, okay. which seems light to me for Bradley Beal. So I think I would think the Wolves might have to also give up like a Jaden McDaniels instead of an Akogi, 
send him over to Washington. So then they'd be getting Rubio's expiring, Jaden McDaniels, and two first-round picks, and Beasley. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an executive decision and swap Okogi for Jaden McDaniels. Would you trade Rubio, Beasley, Jaden McDaniels, and two first-round picks for Ben Simmons? Yes, I probably would. I need to give that I mean, one a little more thought than I did previous yep. the previous one, but I probably would. I, I guess my question on Washington is this, because um, I think they're going to be, if I'm not mistaken, back to, to the drawing board. Like, I think they're going to be a mess again, especially if they trade Beal. So are they just looking to get as many expiring contracts as possible, too? Yeah, I mean, I, I would is think... Is that what if, they're doing? If they trade Beal, they're definitely back to rebuild. So... If you're in the rebuild mode and you wind up with two future first round picks, a good young player that could be a top three player on your roster, yep. and a seventeen million dollar expiring contract to at good. least bring in, you know, you could use that to you could use that that freedom next year to sign a restricted free agent or something. Or Declan, Jaden McDaniels, Kevin Fiala's name is coming oh, up. All of your God. all of the guys that you have Dad. man crushes on, we're trying to run out of this well, town. Yep. It's not fair to you. People get bought out, man. People get traded. It happens. It happens. It happens. Sometimes on the waiver claim. Yeah, they, they get waived and then claimed. You never know. Yep. Just listen, that uh, claim. It, you know what if it's you, like? The Pirates. Like the Pirates because they're so cheap. They'll get rid of you, bring you back for cheap for like a game or two or a night, and then yep. that's it. The good news is when you get bought I out and you're, not, and you're not going out for happy hours and uh, dinners anymore and whatnot, you got more time to golf. And so right. you can go to this golfer's paradise called PXG Minneapolis. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Check them out online at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. All kinds of different great clubs of all price ranges. The uh, the top of the line are the Gen 4 clubs. These are the best-performing clubs PXG has ever made. If you want to look sharp, whether you are uh, golfing or whether you're just out on the town on the North Loop bouncing around to all those establishments, put your PXG shirt and apparel on and uh, <laughs> look badass. PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center and find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. I swear, like, if people want to keep sending us trade ideas, and by the way, like, include the why. I don't know if there's, like, an NHL trade simulator like there are in the uh, NBA, but if you guys have ideas for how the Wild and Wolves can uh, make their rosters better and you can get them approved through certified online trade machines, send them our way on Twitter and Instagram. We will happily devote time on this show to your trade ideas. Hell yeah. Absolutely. We will not crap on them like some other publications no. in town. No, we don't ask for things and then mock them in, in our writing and or reporting. No, we don't do that. We, we appreciate the work. Yes. You're mm-hmm. basically helping produce the show when you do that. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> exactly Especially right. On Monday, you know. Takes like, the load off us. Please. I mean, a five-team <laughs> trade? That dude did a five-team trade. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Pretty good. All right, that's a wrap on today's Mackie and Judd. Daily Minnesota sports entertainment, and we just want titles. That's why we want Dame. That's why we want uh, the Twins to be better at baseball. We want the LLB. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. 
and Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.